Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 108 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. We're bringing you this episode on a lovely Monday morning. I am your host, Lee Paddock, and my co-host, Sterling Hammer. And uh, we always like to issue a spoiler alert before we start talking about these movies, so there it is, there's your uh, spoiler warning. And uh, we have uh, one more thing. Uh, just a little favor to ask of you guys. Uh, please uh, give us a like and uh, follow us and uh, give us some uh, feedback. Uh, leave some comments. We'd really like to know uh, what uh, you guys think and uh, maybe uh, give us some, uh, some, even some constructive criticism would be nice so mm -hmm. we can know what we can improve on. So there you go. All right, so let's... Uh, Let's talk about today's movie. Uh, it was a movie that I chose. Uh, it's a movie that uh, I feel like has is definitely um, kind of fallen a little bit into obscurity over the years. Um, but it, it has kind of developed a little bit of a cult following. Um, it is... Uh, the 1991 movie The Rocketeer, um, which is uh, produced by Disney, of all things. Hmm. Although, I believe this movie was uh, distribu distributed under their, their more adult brand, which was Touchstone Pictures. Which is funny that this is adult, but yeah. Well, I mean, with the amount of like people that get it, shot and it was rant, it was it was so childlike at the same time. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it, it does kind of. It's such a family feel, and then people are getting cracked in half. Yeah, people are getting broken <clears> apart, <throat> like <laughs> like in like a Batman movie, like yeah, but like, like Bane or something. Yeah, but they don't live. Right. <laughs> broken and dead. Right. It's pretty crazy. It was pretty like jarring. For the youngins, this is a different Disney. This is a '90s Disney. This isn't the oh, Disney yeah. I know nowadays. Yeah, this is a little less uh, <laughs> concerned with PC. Yeah, and this is a Disney that's like Political out there correctness. fighting actually some competitors. They're not the giant they are now. Oh yeah, and yeah, this movie uh, was kind of a, a disappointment when it came out. It was a bit of a flop. Um. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I should explain what it is. Uh, it's basically like a proto-superhero movie, in a way. A little bit. Like its origin story, a little bit. Um, it's supposed to... It's based off of a comic book uh, that was actually uh, written in the 80s. Um, I always thought it was based on a character that was much older than that. But, no, it's... More just in the style of, like, 30s characters who were sort of like the pre-superheroes. Yeah. Uh, before Superman, before Batman, there were characters like the Shadow and Zorro oh, and, yeah. and Doc Savage. Regular humans. Sort of, yeah. But, like, kind but, of extraordinary humans. They were... Uh, those stories were more like they were like adventure stories, mm. basically. They're more like kind of what Indiana Jones is, and that's kind of what this movie sort of is going for. If, I it, think. Could, if it could have succeeded, and we got some sequels, maybe it would have gone down more that route. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> but I feel like as it is, like it does kind of, it already yeah feels like kind of like a Indiana Jones light. Um, the third movie had just come out, so that series was done. So I guess they were trying to fill, fill the void a little bit. Um, now Disney owns Indiana Jones. Crazy. <laughs> they ended up owning all their competitors. Basically. I wonder how those competitors from the 90s would feel knowing they got bought by Disney. Well, I mean, the people who run those businesses, or ran those businesses now, like, they don't care. I know, but it just, I mean, maybe they care a little bit. Like, we, they're trying to beat them. They don't want to get, like, completely bought. Yeah, they make bank, so it's fine in the long run, but. But it's like, yeah. It's cooler like, to make so much money they bought Disney themselves. 
Or, you know, just everybody, you know, just everybody gets to exist independently, and there shouldn't be, like, a giant mega corporation. Sorry, this guy's anti-capitalist, I don't know. Sure. Okay. Communist propaganda. This movie was, <laughs> this America was pro-America, this movie was pro-Americally. Super pro-American. Um, Nazis. so, I guess maybe we should, I guess I should explain the plot a little bit. Uh... So the movie takes place in the late 1930s, uh, right before, uh, you know, a few years before America actually enters World War II. Uh, but the Nazis are uh, the main threat of this movie. And uh, we follow a, uh, a pilot named Cliff Secord uh, and his uh, little uh, buddy, his old man buddy, uh, PB, played by Alan Arkin, who was in uh, a movie that we talked about on this podcast uh, earlier, it was uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Um, so, basically, what ends up happening is that uh, Cliff gets embroiled in this plot uh, where the the Nazis have a spy who is trying to get a top secret uh, device uh, that was uh, built by Howard Hughes, the uh, aviation like pioneer, basically. Um, they're trying to get a device that he uh, created, which is ultimately a, a rocket jetpack that uh will uh you know basically make you know turn it gives people the ability to fly yeah you know jetpack man exactly they call it, yeah so there's this uh car chase in the very uh beginning of the movie where these gangsters who have uh stolen the the rocket pack uh are uh getting chased by uh these FBI agents. Um, in the midst of this, uh, Cliff is testing out this uh, plane that uh, he's uh, getting ready to uh, fly in like a competition. Mm. And uh, while he's uh, flying around, he uh, runs into this uh, little car chase uh, that's going on, and the gangsters shoot his plane. Yeah, for no reason, really. Yeah, just to be dicks. Um, or maybe they thought he was, like, working with the FBI. I don't Something know. like that. Yeah, he kind of came close, but yeah. Um, so anyways, like, he gets shot down, basically. The FBI uh, catch up to the, uh, the gangsters, but before they arrest the, uh, the last, sur the uh, only survive the surviving gangster, that guy uh, sneaks the rocket pack into Cliff's plane and uh, basically uh, uh, he put a, a, a duplicate in its place that gets destroyed. Yeah, so the FBI can't take it. So yeah, they think that, oh well, it's destroyed. That's good. And uh, Cliff eventually... Uh, Finds the uh, the jetpack and decides to uh, test it out uh, to see what it can do. I just want to say real quick: the first five minutes of this movie, I thought Cliff was going to die, and we were going to get a flash forward to the '80s or '90s, and it was going to be like Cliff's like son finding it. Hmm. I, I thought mean for sure this movie took place. In that, when that movie came out, modern times. Yeah. I don't uh, know why I thought that, but it because just a lot of those, because a me. lot of movies did kind of have that. Plot because they also structure. like set it up kind of like, oh, he's testing the plane, and they're like, oh, it's real good to do anything wrong, it's gonna blow up and crash, and then he gets shot. I'm like, oh, he's this is his origin story, he's dead, and it's gonna flat. And he kept looking at his the picture of his wife. I thought it was gonna like well, flash it's not to his her. Wife, it's his I know, but at that time, I didn't know that. I thought it was going to flash to, like, her and, like, the baby. Mm. 
but that didn't happen. And then I was yeah. like, eventually I was like, wait, is this just about, is he the Rocketeer? And Lee was like, yeah, he's the Rocketeer. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. Makes more sense now. Why, why he's not dying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a period piece. Um, so yeah, uh, he tests out the, the rocket pack. They like put it on like a statue or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd like, be weird because it'd be like way heavier than a human. I know, but it like flies off like into space almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it comes back, comes back down and immediately Cliff gets the idea to, uh, use it to make money. America. Uh, basically to, I guess, use it in, like, uh, their air show. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I guess the, they owe money to uh, the guy who owns the airfield. And he's, Ooh. like, they're renting, uh, like, the hangar. Yeah. A hangar that, on his airfield or whatever. And they owe him a bunch of money because the, one of the... Yeah, he gets... In the yeah. car chase, the, ga- the, the gasoline truck gets blown up. Yes, the gangsters, yeah. I mean, yeah, the ga- the car chase goes through the airfield, but the Cliff and all them get blamed yeah. for the accident. That guy, don't worry, he gets end up cracked in half. <laughs> yeah, that motherfucker. Um, and so, uh, while all this is happening, we also uh, cut to uh, Cliff's girlfriend, uh, Jenny, who's played by Jennifer okay. Connelly. No, not <laughs> not Jenny from Force Gump. <laughs> I know, uh, but she's a she's an actress or an aspiring actress. Right now, she's just kind of uh, you know she's in background roles, just an extra. Uh, she's working with this uh, this actor who uh, is apparently in working with these uh, these gangsters uh, to get the to get the the rocket pack because uh it's pretty obvious from the start that this guy's a nazi yes it is um but he's actually he's a he's a movie star that's his uh his cover he's a big time movie star and they're filming this uh this like robin hood type movie and uh while they're shooting this film uh cliff uh, comes to the set to tell Jenny all about the rocket pack, and he knocks over the set, uh, which gets almost gets uh, Jenny fired from the movie. But then Neville overhears uh, Cliff talking about the jetpack, and then decides to uh, keep her around so he can get more information. And so we have that little plot line going. He also has, like, this giant, like, monster man who he hires to kill people. And he, like, like, cares for him a little bit. Yeah. Is he, like, a Nazi creation? Like Like an Ubermensch? Maybe. Maybe. Because he was weird. He had a weird fucking rubber face. And he was giant. And he would just crack people in half. He had, like, super strength. Yeah. We still use guns. <laughs> yeah, that he looks silly with guns. A little bit, but then it's like at the end he like puts a tool belt on, and he straps himself to the 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 balloon so to he the zeppelin. Off, yeah, and then it backfires because he can't get it off, and he's just like, oh no! Ah! He burns alive. <laughs> yeah. Horrible death. The movie has a lot of horrible deaths. It does. It is. Yeah, it's kind of like an Indiana Jones movie in that sense. Which is what I, I kind of like about it. Uh, you know, so that's basically the overall plot. Everybody is just trying to get the rocket pack. And there's, you know, intrigue with the Nazi spy stuff. Howard Hughes comes into the mix. Um, there's romance, action, thrills, chills. Um, it's... A really entertaining movie. It's not... Again, it's... it's. I don't think this is like a guilty pleasure like The Warriors, but it's, but it's you know, it's not like a work of art. 
no. or anything like that. It's, it's not a, a masterpiece. Pick a little bit, I feel. A little bit. I mean, it's definitely a kids' movie, but it's like not weirdly not at the same time. It is. It's pretty like, uh, violent. It's, you would take your eleven-year-old, twelve-year-old, twelve, thirteen, eleven up. You wouldn't take like a five-year-old to this. No. You would probably do it in mistake because from the trailers, it probably wouldn't look this violent. And then the first that, time the guy, the gangster, got cracked in half, you'd be like, "Oh, I think I made." Yeah, that's this. pretty horrifying. Because he's, he's like, like no, no, and he's like screaming, and they're yeah. all just listening to the radio show, and they realize like this isn't part of the radio show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really fucked up. And then yeah, people just get straight up just gunned down and burnt horribly burned to death at the very end. Screw you, Krauts. Ah. That was yeah, that scene is fucking awesome. The gangsters turned on the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Which was a real thing, by the way. Gangsters yeah. were one hundred percent against the Nazis. Yeah, it actually funny. helped the federal government. Uh, fight against the Nazis in Identify small ways. Identify spies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Fucking, yeah, because Nazis are bad for business. Because the Nazis were the head gang. So they killed and all the other gangs. a lot of them, uh, and it wasn't even also, it was also, uh, they were also against fascist Italy yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because uh, M- Mussolini was uh, persecuting the Sicilians, which, of course, a lot of the Ameri- American Italians can trace their bloodlines back to. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's Jewish mobsters, of course, who of, cor- oh. or, of course are going to be against yeah, obviously. Uh, the Nazis. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's a little bit of truth in the whole uh, scene where uh, the gangster's like, hey, I may be some two-bit crook, but I ain't no Nazi. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. And then they just, yeah, they just, they just start gunning down all the Nazis and with Tommy guns. Ah! It's amazing. Screw you, Krauts. This is a good scene. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Um, this is a, we really need to pick a movie where, where we have a little bit more to talk about. We talked a lot about your last movie. I don't know what you're talking about. That's true. It just sometimes there's going to be movies like this which are just fun picks. Just a, yeah, just a fun adventure movie. And like, you like, want to remind people about this movie. This, is, this podcast is also a way of us kind of shouting out movies we like. Yeah. Obviously. And like some of our movies are obscure as fuck. And this is, yeah, this is definitely an underrated film. Uh, this is also uh, the movie. The film uh, is directed. I should mention the film's director. Uh, the film is directed by Joe Johnston, who, uh, before this, I think the movie he did right before this was the first Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie. I love that movie. It's a good film. Yes. One of the best movies of my childhood. Yeah, it's a really, it's a fun movie, too. Uh, he, uh, he actually got his start, uh, as a special effects artist. He uh, he worked for George Lucas's special effects company, the mm-hmm. famed Industrial Light and Magic, mm-hmm. which created all the effects for the Star Wars movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He worked on the original Star Wars as a special effects technician. Well, that's some good creds right there. And that's how he uh, he got his start. And then eventually, he uh, he got bumped up to being a director. Uh, I think his first film was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And because of this film, off because of, you know, the sort of period World War II setting, uh, he would eventually go on to direct the first Captain America movie. Which I really enjoyed. Captain America, the first Avenger. It's a great movie, man. That movie is so old at this point. It's amazing. I know it was such a big deal. Like, oh, God, uh, because the Iron Man's were first. So it's like, oh, they're doing the first Captain America. Iron Man movie. Like, oh, shit, this is the launching of the Avengers. Yeah, that was the year that Thor came out, too. And it's just... It's like when... Now. <laughs> it's a movie. No, now... No, I am just mean, like, it's... Now it's 2023. And there's, uh, like, 900 other Marvel movies. In I know, the universe is huge. There's been three main Marvel movies, since, or Avengers movies since then. Captain America's dead! He's not dead. <laughs> He's, He's an old man. Retired, yeah. Iron Man's dead. Oh, no. 
And Thor is... Spider-Man's is, forgotten. Thor is a joke, apparently. Sadly. <laughs> so is the Hulk, I guess. Yeah, because he's a nerd now. Yeah. Well, anyways. <laughs> the Rocketeer. Uh, but yeah, uh, Joe Johnston, he's... He's always been... He's another one of those directors who I like to call, like, workman directors, who, they're not artists, you know, they don't really have, they're basically there to do what the studio tells them to do. But, I mean, that's not always a bad thing. No, sometimes you gotta have, you gotta have lines to be said. Because then, you know, you get movies like this that are really entertaining and efficient, uh, in how, inter- although I wouldn't say efficient. This movie was a little like, I don't know, it was a little long. Not long. It, it was a little long, but like, also just felt like so quick. Like all of a sudden he's famous, and yeah. like he just he only did one cool thing, and all of a sudden everyone's like he's like yeah. Just, I don't know. He just, right. Yeah. All of a sudden, he like everyone the, recognizes him in town. It's Los Angeles. Drunk. What? He saves the drunk. The drunk, and then he just disappears. And then the guy, one actor, the one actor, the Nazi actor stabs. He's just gone. And then, like, and that never brought up. But like, why did he stab that guy? Was it an accident, or did he just actually? Yeah, I do or, feel like there might be some things that were cut out missing. of this movie. It just felt like there was some. It just it was a little long, but also just quick. Things just kept happening so fast like like it's like they wanted to get to all the action beats quickly and and you didn't get to really like understand why we're getting there and like he didn't have the strongest motivations it's like oh I just need some money (laughs) like it's just like that's not that cool he really just wanted to save his girlfriend the whole time I don't think he even really wanted to save the world. Yeah, and that, that was sort of an afterthought. Yeah, because this is kind of interesting. He was willing to give That's the kinda... well, he was willing to give the rocket to the Nazis before the FBI caught him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine, I guess. He's also yeah, Cliff is a he's a bit of a bumbler. He's kind of a bumbling hero. Yeah, in a way, kind of fucks up a lot. And that actor I recognize. Yes, he's uh, a dad in a lot of movies. His name is uh, his name is Billy Campbell. Bill Campbell, I think, is how he's credited in this movie. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that his career almost, I feel like, got ruined by this movie. Because I haven't really seen him in that much. He was always a working actor. He was a working actor. Yeah, he's still around. He's been in stuff constantly. He's just never been in anything that was supposed to be, like, the big thing ever again, really. Yeah, true. He was never the star. No, but he's a working actor. He has tons of credits and stuff. I think he had potential to be a a really good leading man. It was. It got kind of snipped in the kind of early. Disney kind of has that curse sometimes. They either can make your career or break it. Unfortunately, yeah, if the movie flops, (laughs) it can destroy your career. Sometimes they make it flop. Apparently, uh, the studio uh, took a little convincing to hire uh, Bill Campbell. It was Joe Johnston who really, like, kind of pushed for him. Mm. But they wanted a more recognizable, like, A-list star in the lead, mm. which might have helped. Might have helped the box office, maybe. Get more families in there. It was the 90s. Mm-hmm. Easier to get people in the theaters. I, I don't know. I could imagine an alternate universe where maybe somebody like Tom Cruise Wasn't he could a play old the... by then? No. That part? This was before, like, no. This was, like, before he did Mich- the first Mission Impossible movie. Uh, but The Rocketeer is supposed to be, like, early 20s. That... Wasn't Tom Cruise, like, in his 30s by now? This guy, Bill Campbell, seemed like he was in his early 30s at this no. point. He didn't look like he was in his early 20s. Are you kidding me? I know, but like... Are you, you're thinking of Jennifer Connelly because she looks so well, she young. looks like a high schooler, but... <laughs> it's very creepy. Like, it, it... Very 90s. Like, there's a straight-up, like, scene where an old man's just like, Oh, hoopity-doppity-boo! Yeah. And it's it zooms in on her chest. 
and he's staring at it. And, and it's supposed like, to be like, yeah, like he's. This is a family movie. He's supposed to be me tooing her. <laughs> and like, yeah, like there's scenes where like the the main villain's trying to seduce her, and he's being all creepy and touchy. Yeah, and... Timothy Dalton, who we uh, who another actor who was in one of my movies, uh, Hot Fuzz. <sighs> Played another sinister character in that movie. He kind of got typecast as Mr. Sinister Man. He has that. He has that really great voice. And his face just looks evil. Yeah, because he he can grow that mustache, that pencil. You wouldn't see him as like the hero. He did play James Bond uh, in two movies. Well, that's why only two. I like. I actually liked him as James Bond. I don't remember him as James Bond. You probably haven't seen those movies. Mm-hmm. It was there's License to License to Kill and The Living Daylights. Those are the two Bond movies that he did. Mm. The Living Daylights is the better one, in my opinion. Sad. Sure. <laughs> uh what was it what else? What else do I want to talk about? Uh Oh, another actor who was in a film that I've uh, I picked for this show. Uh, the guy who plays the main gangster, Eddie oh, Valentine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Servino. It was funny because, yeah, seeing him go from, like, the Goodfellas, just like, motherfucker, and just, like, kill him and cut his ears off. And just, I mean, he so was Now he's, like, the cartoon gangster. A little the bit. The Disney cartoon. Uh, you, you 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 crack one of my men in half again. I'll get rid of you. <laughs> like, you jerk. Yeah, like it just bring it down. I got a silly hat on. I may be some two-bit crook, <laughs> but I'm 100 percent American. <laughs> that was yes, that's a cool. Uh, one. And then when uh the rocketeer like flies off in front of the American flag during that scene. Da, na, na. Na, 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 na. The music—that's oh yeah—that's another thing about this movie. Uh, the music is really good. The score, mm-hmm. um, it's like a like a classic kind of adventure movie score. Uh, almost sort of in the vein of like again, like Indiana Jones. I really feel like this movie was kind of trying to be like Indiana Jones. The, the replacement? A little bit, yeah. But a more kid-friendly it. version, although it's not very kid-friendly no, in comparison. No, I bet Disney saw the end product. I was like, hey, I thought we said this to be They panicked kids. a little bit. Um, this is a, I think this is a movie that was sort of greenlit off of the heels of the success of the 1989 Batman movie. Because this is when we were sort of getting, this is basically the beginning of the modern superhero genre. Um, that's when we got, have you ever seen the movie Dick Tracy? It sounds kind of familiar. It's that movie with Warren Beatty, Is he's wearing like a big yellow trench coat. He's like a detective, but it's like a super cartoonish comic book world. No. It's not a great movie, honestly. It's <laughs> been forgotten by time um, because it's not a great movie. Mm. But that was a movie that was a big, big, big deal when it came out. And it was uh, one of those movies. It was a movie that was trying to emulate the success of the Tim Burton Batman movie from the year before. Mm. It was trying to be like this ultra stylized like comic book movie. And I f- feel like that's what Disney was also trying to do with this movie. They're trying to do their own, like, super stylized comic book movie that they could start their own franchise with. Um, and it just didn't really pan out for them. Didn't really pan out for Dick Tracy either. Poor Disney. Now they're just worth tens and tens of and billions, billions of dollars, of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> they're crying and they're drying their tears with just hundreds, billion dollar hundred dollars of bills yeah oh, burn them 
Ah. Well, Lee, I know everyone's going to be like, whoa, well, this is kind of short, but we're done. Bye. No. <laughs> uh, I think we got to get into some questions. Questions? Some questions for Lee. No. For me? I got some questions. All right. Give me your questions. I'm going to answer them, too. All right, Lee. When is this a childhood movie for reals, or is this a movie that you watch later in life? This is a movie I've probably I probably watched when I was maybe like ten, maybe ten or eleven, twelve years old maybe. So why I mean, did your dad show it to you, or is it just no? This is a movie that I think I just caught randomly. Do you like, like it then from the get go? Yeah, I think I did. It's always been a childhood favorite of Lee's. Maybe not like a childhood favorite, 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 favorite. But it's always been a movie that I liked. And a movie that I've never really, like, forgotten. Hmm. And always kind of wondered why, like, this movie flopped so hard. And why it's been forgotten. Now it's starting to amass a little bit more of a cult following. Uh, Apparently, they keep threatening... The idea of a sequel. Um, oh, at this point, you just reboot it. Yeah, I guess. But then it's like they're gonna just tone it down. And well, I like. I don't want it to be a a one hundred percent kids movie. And kids aren't even really gonna be that interested in it if it's a still a period. If it's still like a period piece. I don't know. Well, it'll probably be modern. I don't know. I just, I think this it's just one of those movies where, like, it, it can just stand alone on its own. Well, it didn't. It flopped. But, yeah, that <laughs> means we don't need any more. There's no well, interest. Maybe that need, means, in, but now it's, like, 40 years later. It's not 40 years later yet. We're not that it's old, Sterling. 33 Sterling. years later. 32. <laughs> so it's still a long time later maybe it's a time maybe the audience is ready for it now I don't know Disney probably has no intention at this point there's a writer strike going on oh yeah, yeah. and that's canceled that whole bunches of projects are getting canceled right now not canceled but put on hold stuff yeah sad sad times sad times indeed well Lee yeah he just got invested by uh, Bruce Almighty Um, scat man what is your what's your favorite part of this movie like what's the thing that draws you to it um I guess it's the I guess it's the style like the 30s period uh, aspect of it how many movies nowadays based in Take the 30s? Take place in the 30s, yeah. That aren't just like dark, like gangster dramas. Yeah, exactly. This is, a uh, you know, again, it's reminiscent of Indiana Jones, which was uh, basically a modern modernization of these old, what they called film serials. Uh, before, the eight, before television, there used to be these things... These short films, basically, uh, that were like these episodic adventures that each week they would release these sh- these mo- little movies. And this is where the uh, uh, idea of the, the concept of the cliffhanger was invented. Mm. Because each uh, episode uh, would, would end with uh, the hero... Like in some sort of dangerous situation, where will they? Will they make it? That's why you know they'd yeah. be hanging from a cliff. That's why they call it a cliffhanger. Okay. Um, that's that's sort of that's also the inspiration for Star Wars and why those uh, why the sequels are called episodes. You know, Episode Four, oh, Five, okay. and all that. It's a reference to that because George Lucas grew up watching that stuff. And that's yeah where he came up with the idea for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, and that's what this is also kind of uh, a 
modernization of as well. It's sort of following in that tradition a little bit. I feel like the Indiana Jones movies are probably a little bit more sophisticated because you have Steven Spielberg as the director of those. And I just think, you know, he's a much better filmmaker, honestly, than Joe Johnston. I think Joe Joe Johnston himself would probably say that. But, hey, you know, this movie does sort of feel like a kind of Spielbergian adventure movie. Like from the 80s, like something that could have been released in the mid-80s or something. I could see that, especially after seeing that uh, other film you showed us, the kind of semi-biopic of Steven Spielberg. Yeah. From his early days, his war movies and stuff. The Fablemans. Um... Well, Lee, what's your biggest complaint? Well, wait, no. Before you give your complaint, I want to answer my favorite thing of this movie. Oh, okay. Uh, his uh, girlfriend. Jennifer Connelly. Gen- like, God. She is pretty. Beautiful. She is beautiful. She inspired, a little spoiler for next uh, next week's movie, she inspired me to pick this movie that I've been sitting on for a while. It's not like... She's completely inspired, but like she's made me go, okay, we gotta watch this movie because I want to see more of her. And she's in the, the recent Tom Cruise, uh, uh, Top uh, Gun, Top Gun, Maverick. still beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I thought it was pretty cool. I always like jetpacks and jetpack yeah. anything. I think that's like a primal dude thing. We'd love, we'd all love to have a jetpack. I'm not saying women don't too, but I feel like it's a primal thing that all men just kind of instinctively like fly around like a superhero. Yeah. It'd just be kind of cool. Although the way that the, the uh, rocket pack is designed, how does it like, it almost looks like it could easily just burn your ass. And he's just wearing like regular jeans, but American made jeans. They were sturdy back then. (sighs) Yep. So in real, my real answer, I love the gangsters. I love that scene. I like them too. It's my also my favorite scene where he's just like that I ain't scene no was Nazi. awesome. I I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, so I kind of forgot like that moment happens a little bit. So when it happened, I was like, "Yeah!" <laughs> just I cheered. Nazis, least Jewish blood roared. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Because this is back in the nineties. They weren't afraid to show like the swastika. They weren't. These weren't like Nazis, but kind of like for some reason they it's just not Hydra. a symbol. Hail Hydra! <laughs> yeah, the more evil organization of than Nazis. the Nazis. But they right. didn't actually do the Holocaust, so we could show them. <laughs> so yeah, um, they were evil, but they didn't commit a genocide <laughs> in real life. Um, all right, now Lee, what is your biggest complaint for this film? Well. If you could have one, it's, it's got to be a little something. I mean, it's it not could be per- something small, but like still, complaint. What's your biggest? Doesn't mean it means it's got to be like the music was terrible or something. Well, I already said that the music know, score was, was really good. So, I mean, I guess, like I said, it 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 does feel a little bit long at points. There are some kind of moments where, uh, you know, I'm sort of uh, checked out just a little bit. There's some kind of slow scenes, uh, some dull scenes here and there uh, that don't entirely engage me. Uh, But those are kind of few and far between. Um, I guess, yeah, I just sort of have, like, little complaints. My biggest complaint, I guess, in regards to the plot would be, like, the Nazis' overall plan. When they show that video of, uh, or that little movie of, like, what the Nazis are, like, planning. Yeah, they're just flying over. Like, they're just going to make more of these jetpacks, and they're going to have, like, Nazis fly over America, well, and that's how down. they're going to conquer America? Well, like, can't we just shoot them? No, 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 no. It'd be a good battle yeah, would never uh, boost work. your troops on the battlefront, but, like, this wave of humans, 
They send a helicopter through? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's totally impractical, and it's like, this is what we're supposed to be afraid of? I mean, with, again, if I'm going to compare it to Indiana Jones, it's not as, like, threatening as the, the Nazis getting Ark. hold, oh, get, getting hold of the Ark of the Covenant. But I guess, you know, people say, like, the big plot hole of that movie is, like, they were doomed from the start. Yeah. So the movie didn't Indy either. didn't really need to have, do yeah, they anything. Found it in anything, and they're just like, "Oh, immediately, ah, we're dead." <laughs> and the other thing that doesn't, we're talking about Indiana Jones now. Uh, the other thing that doesn't make sense about that ending is how does Indiana Jones know not to look at the ghosts? Because he's an archaeologist. I'm pretty sure he's... they don't establish that though. He's Indiana Jones. You gotta establish some things though. And they established a lot about the Ark, but they didn't establish, like, well, if you don't look at God, basically, the power of God, it'll spare you. Just something. And Nazis get a melt over that. Ah! Well, yeah, I mean, that's awesome, and that totally makes up for everything, so f- fuck anybody who says that right? that's a plot hole. There you go. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess that that's sort of like a weak story aspect um, so, ooh, I guess, uh, nit, more nitpicky, and I guess it's a little, uh, unfair, I guess, but I'll, I'm gonna do it anyways, just so we can make this episode a little longer. Hmm. Um, the special effects, uh, some of them haven't really quite aged well. Well, yeah, but that's kind of a little hard, I mean, it's 91. Yeah, but there's a lot of, like, that hard, like, old school kind of, like, what they call, like, matting. Where it's like the actors are in front of a green screen, but it's actually not even a green screen. I think they're like in front of a projected image of the special effect, and they're sort of like matted in to that. Yeah, the, you know, there's some parts where it's just like, and there's a lot of uh, uh, where their their heads, to, it's the back of their head, and they're talking, and they're not really talking. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, that's a lot. ADR issues. I see that. See that little guy. That issue appears in. Get out of here. That issue appears in your <laughs> movies, my movies. It's just a thing. I always hate ADR though. When like, it's really not, obvious. How have we not gotten better at it though? <laughs> because like sometimes like things happen where it's like, oh, we gotta change this line, or oh, we gotta like dub over this actor. It's gotta have AI do it now. God, Hollywood's panicking so much over AI right now. It's ridiculous. That's partially, I guess, what the writer strike is about. Because they want to get, have guarantees that they won't be used, but the studios are like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're going to use it. <laughs> Great. I mean, it almost feels like a lot, of our, a lot of the scripts these days are written by AI anyway. Yeah. They're just like off Adderall. Basically. And they have to, like, turn the scripts in. Like, they have, like, these insane deadlines, and studios just want to rush these movies out. It's uh, Hollywood. It's going through some shit right now. Hopefully, it can figure itself out. I know, because people don't really seem to care that much about the strikes. <laughs> not really. <laughs> they're not as, like, the people are like, look, oh, they're happening. But then people are going to start wondering, like, hey. Where's this show that I was watching a year ago? How come it hasn't come back yet? Or... Yeah, I know. We'll start feeling the effects later once things start going away. The other thing that is also going to be a big problem is that things that are going to get finished during all this are probably not going to be very good. Because AI isn't that good yet. No, or the writers who haven't gone on strike, scabs, they're hacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, they're gonna And they're going to be like a bunch of interns and... Well, it could also, you know, maybe a young up-and-coming... come, yeah. Get some fresh perspectives. Let's hope so. Just I doesn't let's seem hope like that's the like, oh no, all these millionaires are complaining about... But it's not, that's not true. There's real work, hard-working people that are getting fucked. Uh, yeah, screenwriters have been, f- been, been getting fucked for years. So this is time due, but it's just bad timing this with AI. The, it's not even the first writer strike in, like, the last in few years. In our lives. Yeah, there was one in, uh, 
like 2007. Led uh, WB to becoming the CW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of things. Okay. Well, my biggest complaint is that motherfucker's accent. Oh, Alan Arkin? What, PB? He's an alien. <laughs> because that's not how any human has ever spoken in all of history or time. I didn't think his accent was, was like, that bad. I can't even do it because it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then you go, like, well, I think it's a Southern California old accent. It's like, no one else is speaking like him. <laughs> and I've seen know. tons of movies based in the 40s. No one speaks like that. No one talks like with this weird, like... <laughs> North Dakotian, Southern Californian, Southern Texas, New York, and Canadian Wisconsin accent. It's all morphed into this. What the fuck are you doing? What is he? Is he British originally or is he American? He's an American actor. I don't know what he was trying to do. I don't know if he's trying to sound old timey. I think he was. But it sounded. I think he was going he should for have just gone with his normal voice. Because it was yeah. just awful. Because nobody else. I mean, there's some people who are. Some people who are kind of going for the '30s period thing, like the like the FBI agent that the that yeah. Cliff keeps punching in the face. He goes hard in the paint over with it. But he's like, I feel like he, he his works a little better. Yeah, yeah. Like he and I feel he like sound, his, yeah, it's not. I don't hate his act. No, this one like every time it's toggled, like oh, shut up! Like, <laughs> fucking terrible. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hate it that much. Um. Well, that's really the questions I got. Uh, Lee, what would your rating be for this movie? Oh, the rating. <laughs> Lee's favorite part. The part that I just love to, you know, draw out. <laughs> Struggling this one, though, Tyler, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's really not a whole lot to say. Um, This is just a really fun movie. Um, I feel like if you like the Marvel movies, this is almost in a way kind of a precursor, if you think about it, since, you know, Joe Johnston would go on to direct Captain America. True, true, true. He got some training on this movie. A little bit, a little bit. And, it, yeah, they did say that Joe Johnston got the director's job for that movie off the strength of this one. Because he's already made, you know, this period, you know, World War Two superhero thing. Um, which I like. I kind of wish that we would, there would be, like, kind of more, like, period superhero things. Like, that's kind of why I liked Joker. I liked that it took place in, like, the early 80s. So it had, like, that I guess aesthetic. you do like period pieces. I do. I like history. I like... Even learning about modern history from just like, I don't know, 30 years ago or something. Yeah, because it lends itself to a lot of interesting things. You don't have a lot of the modern bullshit of today. <laughs> um, and yeah, this movie just, it harkens back to a more innocent time. Uh, if you like Indiana Jones movies, in fact, I almost kind of feel like if you like The Mummy, uh, there's a little bit of that, I feel. A little bit of a precursor to that. Like The Mummy movies. Because that went really hardcore with like the adventure movie stuff. Those were also kind of inspired by Indiana Jones, I think. Um, um, and that movie, I, get, cause I guess people like Brendan Fraser better than Bill Campbell. Um... Yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend people watch it, seek it out. It's on Disney Plus. Hopefully, they don't remove it. I don't uh, think they will. Uh, because uh, Disney Plus is kind of, a, or Disney is in the midst of purging a lot of their content. Go support physical media. Yes. Uh, so this movie, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Damn. It's a it's a fun movie, but I even I wouldn't even really say it's like one of my all time like favorite 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 movies. This is the movie. It's one of those. It's a movie that 
there's gonna be a few movies, a lot of movies like this that are just, they're just good. They're good movies. And it's fun to kind of just revisit these movies and talk about them. Well, for me, I'm gonna have to give it. I didn't hate it. I'm gonna give it a six. I thought it was kind of like it was a little lackluster than what I thought it was gonna be. It mm-hmm. wasn't as fun. I don't know. I feel like there could have been a little more fun to it. I guess it depends on like. I don't hate period pieces. I love period pieces too, but hmm, maybe if I was a kid when I saw it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, six. I think, like, because, yeah, it's just, like you kind of said, I, there was moments where you're kind of just, like, zoned out. Mm-hmm. You didn't keep my attention, and it's almost two hours long. Yeah. It's a long. It could have been, like, 15 minutes long. shorter, maybe 10 minutes shorter. Yeah. A lot of them scenes just didn't seem to have to be there. Um. All right, well, we're going to, that's going to be it for this one. Uh. Let me tell you, finally, I can tell you what I spo- uh, alluded to it a little bit earlier. We'll be watching next week and talking about uh, career opportunities. This is a little kind of unknown, I think unknown, um, ne- uh, early 90s comedy movie. Uh, it came out the same year as The Rocketeer. I know, isn't that kind of crazy? Uh, and I, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a comedy, it's a rom-com uh, it's got it's it's right on the coattails of the '80s, so it's got a little bit of '80s mixed in with the '90s, that early, real early '90s feel. I'm excited to show Lee to Lee it because I think he's gonna actually enjoy this film. Um, or will I? Dun 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 dun. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, like we said in the beginning, please rate, review, and share the podcast. It really helps us out. Shows the algorithm that there's some uh interaction with this and we'd love to get uh like lee said in the beginning we'd love to get some feedback tell us maybe some things we're going we're doing a little tell us where we're kind of lacking what what you'd like to see maybe more of in the podcast maybe some suggestions for films one of us would like to see and then show the other bingity bongity boom bomb you know how it goes um, as always, you can find us on Instagram at it's not the worst movie ever podcast there. You'll always have updates and, um, know when the latest episode is out. Also throughout the week, we post little movie, uh, little movie knowledges throughout our story and sometimes on our, uh, actual feed, uh, and a little personal plug go on my person. Uh, you'll find my personal Instagram linked in that our, uh, podcast is bio, uh, there you'll find my personal TikTok, my dog's TikTok, all that good stuff. Go follow all those things. I post fun, some fun content, reviews, all that good stuff, millennial kind of shit. Um, but we hope you had a good we, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We hope you have a great week, and we can't wait to talk to you again next week. I have to go home now. My planet needs me. I am from Southern California.